Get informed, get inspired, and get connected. CannabisRadio.com presents NCIA's Cannabis Industry Voice. The National Cannabis Industry Association is the only national trade organization representing the businesses of the legal cannabis industry. NCIA's Cannabis Industry Voice covers a range of topics, including the rapidly evolving political and policy changes that affect our industry, news and events of importance to cannabis professionals, and features on companies, individuals, and campaigns at the cutting edge of the cannabis industry. NCIA's Cannabis Industry Voice begins now. Hello, thanks for tuning in to another episode of NCIA's Cannabis Industry Voice on Cannabis Radio. I'm your host, Bethany Moore, and I'm the Communications Manager at the National Cannabis Industry Association. Today, I'm happy to introduce my guest, Autumn Shelton. She's partner and chief financial officer of Autumn Brands, a 50% woman-owned cannabis business located in sunny coastal Carpinteria, Santa Barbara County, California. In her position as CFO, Autumn is a strategic decision maker for the family farm, which started in Holland more than 100 years ago. Along with overseeing the company's financials, she's in charge of legal compliance on the local and state levels. Autumn champions the health and wellness benefits of cannabis and is committed to cultivation free of pesticides and other harmful chemicals. Sounds lovely. Welcome to the show, Autumn. Thank you so much for having me. For sure. Let, let's start by getting to know more about you. Uh, we mentioned a family farm that started in Holland more than 100 years ago. Maybe we can go back 100 years, <laughs> find out, <laughs> find out what, what, what kind of things you've been doing before uh, getting involved in the cannabis industry, what your background is. Sure. Well, my part is actually not the the farm. Um, my partners, my three partners um, are Dutch and that's where they started growing cut flowers and tulips. And so we've been really able to, to apply all of that experience with today with cannabis. Um, my background is, you know, I studied psychology in Italian actually at UC Santa Barbara. And then I immediately went into real estate and I tried out a number of different sectors in the real estate industry. I worked as a residential broker, uh, office manager to a commercial property management team and um, uh, developers, and then also as a REO asset officer at a bank managing all their foreclosed properties. In between those positions, I traveled through Australia and Indonesia with my then boyfriend, now husband. And then after we got married, we went on another shoestring budget trip um, through the Southern Hemisphere and for 16 months, which we coined as our honeymoon. And after coming back from that trip, I was searching for another real estate um, position. Um, and it took almost a year for me to find it. And it just so happened that on that same day, um, I got offered a position as a financial controller for a commercial cut flower grower. And something just in my heart of heart said, go for something new. Don't go what you've been searching for. This is, this is your future. And so I did. Great. Thank you for taking us through that. It sounds like quite an adventure. And I love the idea of a 16-month honeymoon. <laughs> it sounds really nice. Um, so after that, uh, you pivoted into the cannabis industry. And how did that happen? And, and did you ever think that that was something that you, you would have done? 
Um, no, this is nothing that I ever imagined um, that I would be in a cannabis industry. Uh, so at that time, when I was working for the commercial cut flower grower, um, he was approached to lease out some of his greenhouses for medical marijuana. And he was very much against cannabis um, and really wasn't quite sure this is the path he wanted to go towards. But I've always been a, a big believer in it. And so after a lot of conversations and uh, risk assessment, uh, he decided that this was a wise decision. And after seeing how the plant grew um, and how similar it was to other plants and crops, um, he decided that he wanted to also uh, start growing it in his other greenhouses and have me a part of it and not as just an employee. He also wanted his children to be a part of it who were currently in, or at that time in, in college studying agriculture. So we set it up for the four of us to uh, run and own this this business. At that time, it was the not-for-profit in the medical marijuana sector. And then as we moved into the regulated market, we became a for-profit business. Awesome. Well, thank you for that update uh, on how you got where you're at now. And Autumn Brands now um, is operating. What's going on with the company this year? And and uh, what do we have to look forward to? Yes. So Autumn Brands is a blend um, of of us four partners. Obviously, my name, Autumn, and then my three partners, their last name is Brands. So it just was this perfect blend of the name um, being being like a harvest and then a brand. So um, we've been able to really grow at an organic pace. Uh, We are still self-funded and um, which has been just an incredible um, experience. Everything we do is very frugal and make sure that um, we never go above our means. Uh, So our company is, we focus right now still on um, selling flour and pre-rolls and a vape card and and really excited to get a topical out later this year. And during this pandemic, it's really had us relook at how we do everything. So we're, we're so thankful that we've been deemed essential and we've really implemented, you know, all the new standards of wearing a mask all the time. Obviously we have a full-time yeah. employee cleaning and sanitizing the, the property all day long. So I see someone come by my office and clean my doorknob at least three times a day. Mm-hmm. And, um, we've purchased one of those temperature kiosks to ensure that no one's coming in with the temperature, um, and, you know, it was also very important for us to pay it forward. So instantly when COVID happened, we, um, with other growers, um, in the, in the area got together and decided we'd help the local restaurants keep the lights on essentially. And so we bought our, our employees, uh, lunch three times a week. And that allowed for those families, they might still have their jobs, but a lot of their family members did not. So this mm-hmm. allowed them to feel comfortable to, to continue to, afford to eat lunch every day and that our local restaurants could continue to operate. We also, uh, my partners also spearheaded a um, fund called 93013 fund, which is the local zip code here to give back to food banks and other organizations in need. Um, So at this time we're continuing to operate. Sales are definitely higher than, uh, than we budgeted for and expected. So that's very exciting. Mm -hmm. Uh, So it's, it's just been, it's been a wild ride of a year, but um, we're thankful for for being in this industry. We're thankful for being deemed essential and that we can continue to to grow. Yeah, absolutely. And we'll definitely talk more about uh, the COVID-19 pandemic after the commercial break. Uh, but it has been really 
interesting to see cannabis be deemed essential. And on top of that, uh, I've been collecting stories of cannabis companies that have been giving back in one way, shape, or form uh, during these really difficult times. Uh, Many extraction companies uh, were able to stop what they were doing for a short while and start producing hand sanitizer. I think that's incredible. When there was a shortage of hand sanitizer, the cannabis industry stepped up and said, hey, we can do this. Hold on. Hold hold my joint. (laughs) (laughs) And, And they were able to. So it's been heartwarming. You know, it's difficult times. Um, So for cannabis companies that are deemed essential, even though uh, we're not eligible for the small business, (laughs) small business associations, emergency, we are able to continue functioning. And I have a friend that's a Grubhub driver and he said that, um, yeah, he made a lot of money there for a couple of weeks since it was just restaurants, uh, liquor stores, dispensaries and grocery stores, right? Yeah, pretty much. So we're, we're shifting back to that slowly, but surely. Um, let's take our first commercial break and then we'll be back to talk more with Autumn Shelton from Autumn Brands. Stay tuned. We'll be right back. NCIA's Cannabis Industry Voice will return once we give a voice to our sponsors. Elevate your every day with that Shuggies feeling with the sweet taste of Shuggies. Add a cup of Shuggies to your morning coffee. Ah, how sweet it is. Shuggies infuses cannabis and cane sugar to make it the perfect sweetener with benefits. Make your happy hour happier with a dunk of Shuggies in your drink. Order your Shuggies now at S-H-O-O-G-I-E-S dot com or find it in dispensaries throughout California. Whenever you crave a little sweet, pick up Shuggies, the sweet, sweet take-anywhere treat. Fetch your earbuds and stay tuned for some pure pet care conversation. Hi, it's Angela Ardolino with It's a Dog's Life, and I have Hernanda Umana joining me. We're just both so fascinated with how much we've learned since we've been in this pet industry and creating an all-natural product. Because it's a dog's life. I am a huge fan of my guest today, Dr. Bob Goldstein. I have, in my experience, not seen many natural substances produce the results that CBD is producing in the animals that we are testing on. It's a Dog's Life with Angela Ardolino, only on Cannabis Radio. Hey, take a look at this. They're selling smart pots. (laughs) They have pot that can make you smart? Where is it? Not that kind of pot. Smart Pots are the best aeration container to grow your plants. Check this out. This is the original fabric container for faster producing, healthier plants. They're made with a superior fabric that delivers high yields. Plus, Smart Pots are reusable and sustainable, so you can use them over and over again, no matter if you use them indoor or outdoor. That's very smart, but how good are they for the environment? Smart Pots are BPA-free and lead-free, so you'll always be able to ensure a pure, clean grow, and they're 100% made in the U.S. Over 28 million Smart Pots have already been sold, so it seems like a smart investment. Look for smart pots in close to 2,000 garden centers throughout North America and ask for the original fabric container. Find a store near you or order yours online at smartpots.com.
Get informed, get inspired, and get connected with more of NCIA's Cannabis Industry Voice only on CannabisRadio.com. All right, we're back on NCIA's Cannabis Industry Voice on Cannabis Radio. I'm your host, Bethany Moore, and we've been chatting with Autumn Shelton from Autumn Brands, a company based in Santa Barbara, California. Uh, We started to talk about COVID-19, which is on everyone's minds, and we will be talking about this for quite a while, it seems. Um, So the current affairs here is that COVID-19 has impacted the world. The silver lining, as we've mentioned a few times, is that cannabis was deemed essential in most states where it was legal, I'm looking at you, Massachusetts, during massive shutdowns. So this implies that the public and governments see the value of cannabis. That's encouraging. How have you seen a shift in the stigma against cannabis maybe since this pandemic began? Yeah, I mean, I mean, definitely we've seen a reduction in the stigma. I mean, people are developing new habits and behaviors that are going to permanently shape how they do things moving forward. You know, people have been sitting at home. They decided they wanted to try cannabis because they kind of heard their friend was doing it. And we're seeing a lot more of that. We're seeing a lot. And, and the opportunity for people to be able to get cannabis has really grown. You know, this curbside pickup at dispensaries, more delivery services are becoming available. People are understanding that they don't have to just go into a dispensary. It's, it's the the ease of being able to get it um, has really shifted as well during this pandemic. Mm-hmm. So, you know, and I've just heard endless stories of, of people that are like, well, yeah, I, w- I want to give it a shot. Or I want to try it. Or I've been drinking too much and I, you know, I'm not feeling good about this. I'm stuck at home from this pandemic. And so I want to try cannabis and realize, oh, this is a way better feeling than just than, than alcohol. And so mm-hmm. I'm really just um, really an incredible time to see how the shift is moving. And I think people are, you know, like I said, have more time to educate themselves. And that's really, truly what we need to be doing every day is, is educating people how incredible this plant is and how it can help so many people. So, and cannabis just being deemed essential, that's huge when so many, when, like you just mentioned, only a few different industries were able to continue to operate. So people are really looking at cannabis as something that's important medically um, that people need. Absolutely. Um, I, I, I know the curbside pickup has been really helpful for social distancing because um, you, you can only have a certain number of customers in the store at a time. You have to wear masks. Um, I've really enjoyed being able to order online in advance. I mean, I, I think they allowed you to do this beforehand, but I just never bothered. Um, right. You know, you just stop by the dispensary. Oh, I'll take that and that. Now I am more thoughtful and I place an order in advance and um, I'm in and out and it's great. Um, so oh, it, it's giving people an opportunity to try this. I absolutely agree. And when we're under intense amounts of stress and those awful stress hormones like cortisol are running through our bodies, we are going to look for something to ease that, um, whether it's alcohol or or cannabis or all of the above. And as you mentioned, cannabis is much safer than alcohol. So I'm glad that cannabis was available um, during this during these lockdown times for sure. Uh, and a good chunk of NCIA's members are in California. It's a really big state. And we hear a lot about 
the pain of the regulatory process out there. Um, in particular, what was the process like for you and your company from start to finish, just to give listeners an idea of how not easy this process is, even when there isn't a <laughs> pandemic going on in the world uh, to enter the cannabis industry. And not only at the state level, I mentioned California is a big state, um, but also at the hyper-local level there in Santa Barbara and in the county. Uh, do you have any insight to share there about that process? Sure. Yeah. I mean, starting out in the medical marijuana model, definitely you see, there's a huge shift from having not being regulated to being regulated. So being going from that kind of gray area to highly regulated. And it also allowed um, us to really be in the pro in the whole entire process. So at the state level, you know, being part of all the public comment um, to really help develop these regulations and what would, what, how growers really need to be able to function. Um, so that was really, I'm really grateful to be part of that process. We got certain things that we needed and certain things still didn't get fixed. But, um, you know, going through at the state level to get our licenses, we had to jump through a lot of hoops. Um, you know, we started out with temporary licenses and then we had to apply and um, go through CDFA, um, the uh, uh, regional water board. There was numerous different agencies that had to come into our property and make sure that we were in compliance. So all that felt really challenging, but we were really determined to be as compliant as possible and communicate as much as possible, which really paid off for us because we were actually the first in Santa Barbara County to transition from temporary licenses to provisional licenses. Um, and one of, I think, the first 15 in the state to go on metric. And so I spent a lot of time with CDFA and um, metric development team to help them understand how a, a farm with multiple cultivation licenses really functions. Because in the state of California, if you have more than one cultivation license, you also have to have a nursery license, a transport only distribution license, and a processor license just to function. And those out of three licenses just add a whole new network of difficulties. Um, so really being able to work at the state level made a huge difference um, to help our farm be able to operate how we need to. At the county level, this has been way harder than I ever envisioned. Um, you know, here we're certainly up against a um, group of anti-cannabis that have vowed to appeal every single um, applicant to do whatever they can to take down as many of us as possible, Yikes. even those that are trying to be as compliant as possible. So we continue to um, battle there. I've been to every single county hearing, gone up and spoke and provided public comments. I was part of the ordinance process and the continuing changes that they continue um, to have to make. So this process has been gnarly, <laughs> to put it lightly. Um, and we are still in it. You know, we're very grateful that Santa Barbara County, like some other counties did, grandfathered us in because we did start prior to uh, 2016. But we are still not able to cross that finish line um, because of the ever-changing landscape um, of this ordinance and business license and um, anti-group that continues to want to slow us down. And it's unfortunate because if everyone could just get permitted, um, or the compliant ones, I should say, then a lot of these impacts and issues that the anti-cannabis group does um, fight against would go away. But until that happens, we're going to continue to see these, these impacts. Gotcha. Well, yeah, thanks for um, opening up the curtains there for for us to hear what that's like behind the scenes. Um, 
it is not an easy industry to be in, but it has so many other rewards to balance out the frustrations. Um, and having gone through this process, and now you're now you're rocking and rolling, and you're in business. Um, what further advice might you have for um, individuals starting this process and obstacles that? you came across you could advise people on especially if you're a woman business owner and you are a a, a woman owned business there any additional hurdles there to be aware of you know this um the most important thing i can say to people and i think we've seen it in the news and and the structure of how, of the different companies um is to be very frugal when you start this don't don't go start a company that has all the bells and whistles don't go and try to get you know an insane amount of funding if that's where you need to go start out simple and grow within your means you know we have i've watched a number of distributor companies that got way too fancy too fast and they they couldn't make it because they didn't have the cash flow um or you have to keep asking more and more and try to get more and more funding and you're you're you know you're never making a profit and you don't have the cash flow so really don't go spend $200,000 on that piece of equipment if you can spend $5,000 today and it's going to last you a little bit you know shorter time period do that though and so i really recommend just being smart with your money because this is a very highly taxed industry. Um, 280E can sneak up on you if you are not prepared for it. And so it's very, very important to, to know, to really understand every little element of this before you get involved. As far as women goes, you know, I think this is just an incredible time for women to be part of an industry. There's no glass ceiling, you know, this is such a new industry and it hasn't been set in stone. So I really, you know, encourage women to really get involved in what other aspect of this industry they want to. And there's so many different from cultivating to distribution, to retail, to tech, um, to creativity. You know, there's, there's just so many different ways to get into this industry. So there will always be hurdles um, as we can see with, you know, race and gender, but stay true to who you are and, and just, you know, keep, keep going at it. And I know that that we're going to see a lot of just dynamic, amazing women in this industry taking over. Absolutely. Um, yes, I'm looking forward to something our policy council is working on that will come out later in the year um, about women in the cannabis industry. Um, that's that's a, a little bit of a ways off, um, but it's it's coming for sure. All right, let's take our last commercial break and we'll be right back to wrap up our chat with Autumn from Autumn Brands. Stay tuned. NCIA's Cannabis Industry Voice will return once we give a voice to our sponsors. Trends and technology, processes and products. We cover these areas and more on the cutting edge of cannabis. Be informed from the latest initiators of new innovation. Learn about the latest breakthroughs and best practices in the cannabis and hemp industries. Better products, better infrastructure, and better sustainability. The Cutting Edge of Cannabis, consulted by the American Cannabis Company. Oh, let the marijuana llama tell you something now About a game for your phone gonna make you say wow The game's about the game of growing cannabis for cash Grow the seeds, sell the bud, put the savings in the stash Little by little your empire grows large Put different celebrities inside your entourage You can choose to play with Snoop or me or Cheech and Chong Cypress Hill, Willie Nelson, Wiz Khalifa with a bong The name of the game is him, think that's the point Download 
Golden Clay, while you light yourself a joint. The business of cannabis should be no crime. Hemp Inc. is even hot proved by the man who run high times. Oh, yeah. Get it on Android and I and iOS today. Marijuana Llama out. Got to tend to me on crops, you know. Money don't make itself. Hemp Inc. Dazed and infused. Join sugar industry expert Latham Woodward for a happier hour each week for a lively and often hilarious discussion on the infusion of cannabis into food, beverages, and life. Explore exciting new culinary landscape trends with fascinating friends and guests who are leading the industry into the uncharted mainstream. Discover curated menus, enhanced cocktails, and live tastings. Life's a little sweeter here on Dazed and Infused. Get informed, get inspired, and get connected with more of NCIA's Cannabis Industry Voice only on CannabisRadio.com. All right, we're back on NCIA's Cannabis Industry Voice on Cannabis Radio, and we've been getting to know Autumn Brands with Autumn Shelton based in Santa Barbara County, California, a 50% woman-owned cannabis business. Um, And we talked a bit about... Uh, the COVID-19 pandemic, and also the process of just starting a cannabis business uh, wherever you may be, but particularly in California. So looking at bigger picture issues, which it can be difficult to do with so much going on right now, um, it is uh, 10 years since NCIA has formed as an organization, which means professional representation in Washington, D.C. for the industry for 10 years. So we're celebrating all year long. Um, And one thing we're asking everyone is to reflect um, not only where you were 10 years ago and just how none of us could have predicted uh, where we would be right now, but also to look into the future, into your crystal ball, Um, and make any predictions for where our industry will be in the year 2030 or where you hope it would be. Um, That's a lot to think about, but what are your thoughts there around that? Where was I 10 years ago? Uh, I think I was in Australia um, traveling around and just dreaming of where I would end up in 10 years, actually. And it's it, this is definitely not even one of the thoughts that crossed my mind. So it's very exciting to be part of this and, and watch this industry just continue to grow and, and people to really understand how incredible this plant is. Um, where will it be in 10 years? You know, I think even if we get stuck with Trump again for another four years, I think no matter what, we're going to see it be federally legal in the next 10 years. Um, we'll, we'll be making a larger dent in the black market um, through the availability of commerce because it will be federally legal and more um, and people can actually go to a dispensary. It, it'll be more available. Um, and then also the education um, around it. People will understand that they can get pretty much the same price and not have pesticides and not have all these harmful chemicals um, in their products. And so I, I think we'll really see a, a, a nice shift there. Um, mm-hmm. And I'm not convinced that there'll be interstate commerce by that point, because I feel like these states have really spent so much time to regulate themselves and collect taxes themselves. So it'll be interested to see if they do actually allow that. Um, but you know, I, I, who who really knows? <laughs> <laughs> True. 
true. True. I mean, the cannabis industry trying to predict what's going to happen six months from now, much yeah. less six years or 10 years from now, um, is, is quite the challenge for sure. It seems like um, it's shifting under our feet constantly. Um, but we do our best. And, and that's one of the reasons NCIA exists is to, you know, help us keep up with with the fast-paced changes to provide education, our educational webinars that we've been doubling down on uh, during these times of social distancing, shutdowns, staying at home, safer at home. These webinars are really bringing the best and brightest minds from the cannabis industry together to offer advice, to offer best practices, um, tips, tricks, all that to help you run your business better, to protect your business, to thrive. And uh, those that webinar series is called Industry Essen Essentials. Industry Essentials. Um, many of them are complimentary. Some of them are exclusive for NCIA members as a benefit. So if you're not an NCIA member uh, and you see some of those members only fireside chats with our government relations team and often members of Congress. Um, those are excellent resources uh, to stay on top of what's going on. Um, and our events team did a killer job in the month of June taking our Cannabis Caucus series into the digital world. We made it a cyber event. It was incredible. Uh, the way that we leverage technology to keep providing education and networking experiences, although it was on a chat room. And we can't wait to host these events in person again. We're continuing to assess and monitor and analyze uh, restrictions uh, due to lockdowns in the pandemic for public spaces. We really can't wait to get back out there, but we want to do it safely, as I'm sure everyone could agree with as well. As far as any of those other events that NCI uh, hosts, like our Cannabis Business Summit and Expo, currently rescheduled for September 29th, 30th, and October 1st in San Francisco at the Moscone Center, is still happening until we get news otherwise. Um, other events, uh, please stay tuned as we continue to assess and monitor the situations and and make announcements about any of our in-person events. Uh, so I think I've covered a lot of the announcements there. Um, with one more exception, NCIA has launched a equity scholarship program for social equity licensee applicants. Uh, it's a one-year annual membership complimentary with several tickets and other access benefits thrown in as well. So for more information about that, head to our website, thecannabisindustry.org. And as we wrap up here in our last minute, I want to thank you again, Autumn, for jumping in the show with me today and hearing about what's going on with your company and, and in California in particular as well. Uh, where can our listeners find out more about you? Uh, you can go to our website, www.autumnbrands.com, uh, and our Instagram handle, Autumn Brands. Excellent. Well, thank you again for being on the show. And for more information about anything going on at NCIA, be sure to check out thecannabisindustry.org. And we are also on all the social media platforms, Facebook, Twitter, LinkedIn, Instagram. 
Instagram. Our social media manager, Vince Chandler, is really, really uh, popping off there on all of our social platforms. So make sure you're following us and hitting those like buttons. Thank you again, Autumn, for being on the show. And thanks, everyone, for tuning in to another episode of NCIA's Cannabis Industry Voice. Until next time. opinions expressed on this CannabisRadio.com program are those of the guests and hosts and do not necessarily reflect those of the staff and management of CannabisRadio.com. Any rebroadcast or redistribution without proper consent of CannabisRadio.com is prohibited.